Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Zone Defense Basketball Hour. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast and on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod. We wanted to say thank you to all of our new viewers from our last few episodes. However, a lot of you are not yet subscribed, so be sure to hit that subscribe button if you have not already. And smash that notification bell because it really helps out our channel a lot. Also, drop a comment down below and let us know who you think got snubbed from the NBA All-Star Game this season. How's it going, Chris? It's going well, Drew. Uh, you know, really interesting stuff this week going into the All-Star break. Uh, coming up very shortly, you know, a lot of teams are you're starting to see the directions. We're starting to get later in the season. But there's still so many competitive teams in this uh, in this NBA season, more than probably any that I can remember. You know, it's I mean, both conferences are pretty much 12, 13 teams deep of teams that could all make the playoffs. So I think this second half of the year is going to be extremely interesting to see what teams end up buying, what teams end up selling. All right. How about for a quick question to start the day? What's one team you could see that that could be a seller towards the deadline that maybe maybe you don't expect or maybe you do expect them to sell? But what's it? What's a team you clearly expect to sell at the deadline? Hmm. So I think let's say the Houston Rockets. I think that could be an interesting team that that sells that maybe people aren't expecting to sell. Um, at the time of this recording, they're on a ten game losing streak. I don't believe they've won a game since Christian Wood's injury. Um, no, and at the team, it seems like PJ Tucker's getting some getting some. Uh, Rumors surrounding his name, Eric Gordon, maybe, maybe Danwell House. And we were talking about him before we, we stepped on here today. Um, I think that could be a team. I mean, the obvious ones are the Pistons, the Cavs, the Timberwolves, the teams that suck. Uh, but I think the the Rockets and even actually even the Orlando Magic, if they keep losing here, yeah. uh, maybe maybe Vucevic, new all-star Vucevic, maybe he uh, gets on the trade block here pretty soon. But those out to the Rockets is a team that I don't think people are expecting. And I think they could be sellers. Maybe Victor Oladipo could get moved too. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think any team, and that was the Rockets were the team I was also going to mention for this as well. I think it's an extremely good call by you. Um, but for me, it's, I mean, there isn't a lot of teams that look like obvious sellers in terms of yeah. teams that have a lot of, like, a lot to offer because there's so much competition. But whatever team ends up deciding to sell could get a king's ransom for whatever guys they try to sell. So I think somebody is going to make us some shrewd moves, whether it's the Rockets or like the Cavs or the Magic, like you said, trying to give up Vucevic, which would make some sense for both sides of the parties there. But, you know, it's going to be, like I said, I mean, there's so many competitive teams. It was just something off the top of the dome that I wanted to raise to you before we get into it. But I'll let you jump into your first point. For sure. And I think the, the Thunder and the Kings, too, could be two interesting teams. Yeah, they, might, they might make a move. Al Horford. I think Bagley, he's been playing really well Bagley this year. Could be on the move, too. Bagley, yeah. Uh, Whiteside, maybe. Who knows? And nobody wants there. him, but yeah. I, I've seen some rumors swirling around his head, though. Maybe he gets moved, but we'll know. We'll have to wait and see there. Um, I'll jump into my first thing here, and it's a team that, uh, I mean, we talked about. This was like one of the biggest storylines at the beginning of the season. This team, you just talked about sellers. It's actually a really nice segue into to my first point here, uh, because this is a team that we talked about being sellers for the entirety of, it felt like the entirety of December and January. This team was an absolute joke. I remember we talked about it on this show, um, how their star player was pouting, how their star player was going to get traded. He dropped 30 to 40, 50 points every single night, and they were still losing games. But now... Chris, the Washington Wizards are actually kind of a good team. And I think my bold move, my bold take here is that at the trade deadline, the Washington Wizards are actually going to be buyers. I think they could maybe make some moves to help their playoff chances a little bit because honestly, look at this team on paper and you look at some of the other teams that are ahead of them, the Knicks, even the Bulls, the Hornets, the Hawks. 
Um, the Wizards are a team who, on paper, they have more talent, I would say, than, than a lot of those teams. Bradley Beal's obviously still bringing it every every single night. Defense still needs work, but offensively, there's no denying how talented he is. All-star starter, obviously. Russell Westbrook's finally turning it around. Uh, Rhi Hachimura is looking really good. He's really developing finally in a second year. Uh, Mo Wagner, he's been getting some starts lately. He's brought some energy to that starting lineup. Uh, same with Denny Avdija. He's been he's been playing well, too. Uh, Davis Bertans is, is really inconsistent, and I don't love the contract still. Um, but he had some threes. He has some nice games every now and then um and i just i don't know i they've won they're seven they're seven and three over their last 10 games um they're still six games below 500 because of how brutal their start was but they're only two games out of the uh playing tournament and because the east is so just absolutely squashed right now they're actually only three games out of the four seed in the eastern conference so chris I think there's a possibility if the Wizards keep winning games, keep playing well. I think because of their COVID outbreak, they have the most games remaining on the schedule. So far, they've really taken advantage of that, and they've made up some ground. I think they could still make up some ground, and I think it's possible, insanely, that the Wizards could host a playoff game and like and actually wow. be an actual playoff team. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but the fact that we're sitting here and there's a possibility because they're only three games back, it's pretty insane. To be clear, I'm not predicting that because I still think they're not as good as the Celtics or the Heat or the Raptors um, or any of those teams. But at the same time, the fact that it's possible, they could potentially sneak into the sixth seed. I think that's a very real possibility and not even have to play in the play-in tournament. I think uh, they're a team that's playing well at the right time. And I think, I mean, this is a team that you and I in our preview shows before the, the nightmare that was the beginning of their season, we predicted that they would be a seventh, eighth, maybe contend for that sixth seed. I think that's, it was a very long road to get to this point, but I think it's a (laughs) real possibility. Um, But what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you, Drew. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they end up doing, but I I actually agree. I think they could be holders or buyers at the deadline here. I don't think they're going to make a crazy move, but I can see them going after a minor piece because, I mean, they need, they definitely need some depth between behind the two, the combination of Russ and uh, Beal, which, I mean, they're starting to play a lot better now as a duo in terms of, I mean, obviously yeah. Beal's individual numbers have been great all year, but I think he's played a little bit better on both ends of the ball in terms of just shot efficiency, playing a little bit better defense, and then you got Russ has been playing a lot better as of late as well, too, taking better shots, not turning the ball over quite as much, and playing a little bit better defense as well. And I think, yeah, they're getting some 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 life out of, uh, I mean, what, what I consider one of the worst contracts in the NBA in Davis Burton as well yeah, i still think it's an game. awful contract for a guy that just spots up from deep three and can't do it as well as some of the elite shooters in the league but he he can get hot in a hurry i mean you saw him he literally yeah. won them a game earlier in a couple weeks ago when he had like 35 points and he made like 10 threes the dude can get hot in a hurry that's for dang sure but uh you know i i mean you could look at a guy like galinari or something like that not getting i mean like a player like that that level has a better contract and is a better player like i, I don't i still don't think it was a great deal for, for a guy that, you know, offers that skill set of just being a, a heater off the bench or in the starting lineup. But yeah. they've done some stuff with the rotations as well, putting Garrison Matthews, Mo Wagner in the starting lineup, putting uh, Robin Lopez on the bench a little bit more because he's been pretty efficient this season for them uh, in a low block. Uh, I think it makes the rotations a lot better having – I mean, I have Rui in the starting lineup. I think getting him back was big as well for this winning streak. He's been pretty good as well. You know, I mean – I still don't think this team is that incredible in terms of what they have around those two guys, but having two stars is huge in this league. Uh, you can, you can, I mean, you can go on a run with two stars if they can get hot at the yeah. right time. So I think having 
both Westbrook and Beal gives them a chance to knock off some team in the first round. I think they're going to end up being around that six, seven, eight range, most likely in the play-in tournament for me still. But uh, a team that I wouldn't want to see in the first round of the playoffs, I think they'd be a tough out. Yeah, and like I said, if this was the Western Conference, I think I'd have a much different tune. Uh, but in the East, the teams are there's just so many teams that are either underperforming, like the Celtics or the Pacers or the Hawks even, and there's other teams that are overperforming, like the Knicks, the Bulls, the Hornets, who they could come down back, come back down to earth. And I think the Wizards on paper they have as much talent, if not more, than any of those other teams. I think in the Eastern Conference, I think it's very very realistic and maybe even likely that they sneak into the playing tournament. Now, who knows a week from now they could fall apart again. And maybe Bradley Beal does end up getting moved to the deadline and they just sell everybody. Um, but they're playing a lot better. And it's, the other promising thing to me is it's not like they're beating up on like the Pistons and the, the Timberwolves and a bunch of crap teams. I mean, their wins, they beat the nuggets. Of course that was a, brutal last possession uh, where they still beat them. They beat the Lakers. They beat your, they beat your Blazers, Chris, they beat the Nuggets. They beat the Celtics. They beat some solid teams here in this little stretch. Um, so I, it, it's, it's promising on that front that they're playing good competition and they're beating them. Um, so hopefully they play the Timberwolves um, tonight, actually, hopefully they can beat up on them and, and keep winning games. And I think, I think the playing tournament is very likely. And I think even a, um, even a six seed could be could be in play too, and they don't even have to even worry about the playing tournament. Who knows if teams like the like the uh, Celtics and Pacers keep underperforming? But uh, who knows? That's I just wanted to bring that to the table because the Wizards have been fun, and we we trashed them. I felt like I think two episodes in a row to start the year, so I wanted to give them some props yep. for playing some basketball. But um, I'll let you jump into your next point. Yeah. So um, I mean. I wouldn't say similar to you because they didn't have quite the early season struggles, but a team that you know was struggling to find their identity to start the year had a, had a big trade acquisition in the off season as well. In the Phoenix Suns is who I'm talking about. I just want to talk about how awesome they've been lately, and I think they're a legitimate finals contender. I'm willing to say it right now. I think this team is that good. I mean, like I said. They started off not not as the bad as the Wizards were, obviously, but they started off a little bit slow. I mean, you saw Booker's numbers were kind of down. Chris Paul's numbers were kind of down. I mean, you just kind of saw, I, I feel like I didn't get enough out of Aiden or, or pretty much anybody out of this team at the start of the year. But they're really starting to find their stride right now, man. I mean, you look at both of Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker. I'm glad both of them are now on the All-Star team because they both absolutely deserve it. They've been playing some lights-out basketball. Chris Paul's been a top-10 defender this season in terms of uh, I was looking at the uh, defensive player of the year rankings. He was right in the, inside the top 10 in terms of all of his, you know, advanced metrics and stuff. So I think a guy that's very deserving on both ends of the ball and doesn't get enough credit for how good defensively he is. And I mean, he's just really totally changed the identity of this roster. I mean, this was a roster with some good pieces and Devin Booker, Michael Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, uh, a, a good core three, good group of guys. That was maybe a play in tournament team, at best, in my opinion, maybe maybe they sneak into the eight seven seed or something like that. A team that I could see, you know, right on that bubble with Booker, you know, always going off and, and being a threat to score fifty on any given night. But adding Chris Paul just adds a total ma a maturity to this team that just they didn't have before. And I think the identity of this team is just so much different now. I think Chris Paul just gives them such a veteran presence. He's been just instrumental on both ends of the ball, whether it's orchestrating the half court offense, which he's been incredible at scoring. Like he always is assisting playing excellent defense. It's it just, it's, it's done numbers for the rest of this roster. I think, I think you've seen Michael Bridges take a massive step forward yeah. this year as well, both offensively and defensively. I think you've seen Devin Booker while, while his numbers are a little bit down from his career averages. I think he's taken step forward this year. He's played better defense. I think he's facilitating better. I think he's just, He's basically just taken on the role of a Chris Paul 
a, a second player on a Chris Paul team. I think it's just this is Chris Paul's team for sure. Booker's still unbelievable player, but I, you can totally tell the transfer in, in terms of their identity as a team. And I, I just love this Phoenix Suns team. I know they smoked my Blazers a, a few days ago, which really sucked. But there's just there's no hiding from this team being a legitimate contender. I mean, if we were talking about the Blazers potentially being that when they get their guys back, the Suns just embarrass them. Clearly, they're a team not to be effed with in the playoffs, and, and a team that I I don't want to see at any level of the playoffs or regular season. I think they're just an absolutely a force to be reckoned with. And I think these top three teams and the top three seeds in the league currently in the West need to be worried. Yeah, I 100% agree. This is actually, I'm glad you brought this point up because this is something that I almost brought up um, before, but I, I elected to, to have a few different points. Um, but I, I completely agree with you. The Suns are looking really, really good. I actually got my Devin Booker shirt on right now. Um, so I'm in full agreement with you that I think the Suns are looking really, playing well. He, Booker specifically got off to a slow start to this season, um, but he's really, really played well um, recently. Chris Paul has been pretty consistent all season long. Um, you mentioned Bridges has been really good. I mean, they just got guys up and down their roster that are, are playing well. Um, Frank Kaminsky has given them some solid minutes. I'm a big Frank Kaminsky fan, so it's nice to see him yeah, he's been getting, some, getting some nice minutes um, on, on a good team. Um, saying that they're clear title contenders, though, like – if when you first say that, it's like, what are you talking about? But if you look at, like, if you think about it, like, they're in a really weird spot in the Western Conference because when I look below them at teams like the Spurs, sorry, Chris, like the Blazers, like the Warriors, like the Nuggets, I think the Suns are clearly better than those teams. Yeah. Um, but then you look at the teams above them, the Jazz, the Clippers, the Lakers, and I'm, I know the Lakers aren't playing good basketball right now, but they're just a completely different animal in the playoffs and with AD that I, I'm not saying the Suns are better than the Lakers yet. Um, and even the Clippers and the Jazz too. So far, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if they're as good as those teams. So they're in like their own tier here in the Western Conference. It's very strange. Um, however, there's a way that they. I mean, they're only a game back of the Lakers. They're only a game and a half back of the Clippers. So there's a way that they could sneak into that two or three seed. They're and, a, and actually they're only four and a half back of the Jazz. So the Jazz are playing absolutely out of their mind still. But, I mean, I know people keep talking about this. they got to slow down at some point, right? There's got to be some sort of losing streak. lost last right? night. I know, but but they're still 8-2 and two in their last 10. So, <laughs> um, uh, I, I feel like they got to come back down to earth a little bit unless the Jazz are for real, for real. And I think they are for real. I know this isn't – we're not talking Jazz right now, but I think they are for real. Um, so, I still think the Jazz are better than the Suns. But there's a way that maybe the Suns sneak into that 2 or 3 seed. But, I, honestly – I know I just was like, oh, the Jazz are good. If the Suns stay at the four seed, win their first round series, and then play the Jazz in the second round, I mean, that could be a really good series. I know. And that could be a series where the Suns could find their way in the Western Conference Finals if they keep playing as well as they are right now, which um, would be great. And then if they go against the Clippers and the Lakers, I mean, I again, I know I just said, I'm not saying the Suns are better than those teams, but I think that'd be a really good series. And I think it's... Um, we were so tired in the NBA a few years ago because it was just Warriors and Cavs every year. But I think in both conferences this season, we're in a really good spot where there's just so much parity and there's legitimate, clear-cut roadmaps for a bunch of different teams that you could see they go on a run and they make the finals, maybe even win a championship. And I think the Suns, that's why I know I got a really long way to, to get to that point, but that's why I think that your take, even though it might sound crazy at first that the Suns are title contenders, I think it's realistic because there's a clear roadmap that they could actually at least make the finals 
maybe even win the championship. Who knows? But uh, yeah, this is a really fun team. I hope they keep playing well. Um, I think they're pretty much got that four seed locked up for the most part. In my yep. opinion, unless they really fall off, um, we're about that. Ha- we're near the halfway point of the season. So um, yeah, they're playing really good basketball. And I, like I said, I'm really glad you mentioned it because they've uh, definitely been one of my favorite teams this year for sure. And I've, I've been a longtime Booker fan, so that's nice to see him finally playing well. And I'm really excited to see him play in the playoffs. Too. I think that'll be really, really great to see. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more, man. I, I don't really have anything to add. You touched up on everything else I was going to say, so I'll let you jump into your next point. I would, I'd love Chris Paul to get a championship too. So I was oh, going to throw that out there. No, that would be, no question. In his Hall awesome. of Fame career, he deserves a title. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my next thing is actually, it's it's kind of like what you we kind of like what we've talked about before. It's about some teams, but it, it's we're going back to the Eastern Conference. It seems like uh, I feel like I found a pattern here with these episodes. Is you focus on the Western Conference? It seems like for the most part, and <laughs> I focus on the Eastern Conference for whatever reason. It's not changing um, today, but I'm going I'm going back out east, and there's there's two sets of teams that are on two very similar trajectories. You got the Celtics and the Pacers, who started off really well playing really good basketball seemed like oh yeah they're definitely top five teams in the east the celtics though they've they're only four and four of four and six in their last 10 games the pacers are three and seven in their last 10 games both of them are currently the seventh and eighth seed celtics are seven pacers are eight not playing great basketball really slowed down since their hot start and then the reverse you got the raptors and the heat who Raptors are literally the exact opposite of the Celtics and Pacers. Raptors are six and four in their last 10. The Heat have won five in a row, seven and three in their last 10. And they're the exact opposite of the Celtics and Pacers, like I said. They had a brutal start to the year. They had COVID. They had injuries. I know the Raptors have a little bit of a COVID situation going on right now, too. Uh, but they're really starting to play some really good basketball here as of late. So as we near the midway point of the season, Chris, I wanted to ask you, which sets of these, like which of these teams, versions of these teams are like for real? Like, are the Raptors and Heat actually this good? Are they actually as bad as they showed at the beginning of the year? Celtics and Pacers, same thing. Are they as good as they were at the beginning of the year? Are they as bad as they look right now? Um, I just think it's really interesting that these, both these teams, uh, both sets of these teams, I mean, are like on very similar trajectories. So I just wanted to hear your take on um, like what you think is going to happen. You, you can like mix and match. You can pick one, right. one set or each. I just want to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, it's it's really tough because there's so there's no game separating really any of these teams. I mean, you look at it. There's a ha- I mean, yeah. the Pacers are a half game back from the Raptors, but I think something that it's just something I just realized. Nobody is talking about the Indiana Indiana Pacers. The thing there, nobody's talking about. I mean, obviously the yeah. Levert thing is a problem, but the fact sure. they have been really really bad since Victor Oladipo got traded. Yeah. They have not been good, and I think that is something that people have. I mean, they're three and seven in the last ten. I mean, he really. I mean, he got traded what maybe 12, 15 games ago. Probably around fifteen games ago, maybe a little bit more, than, more that. than that. Actually, maybe it's probably been even more than that. But I think it was. I think it was mid January when the trade. They have trade. been downright pitiful since they traded, and I think that has a little bit to do with Lavert's situation. If he comes back at any point this season, they're they're a, a scarier yeah. team in my opinion because Lavert's an incredible player, and I actually do. I actually would argue he might be better than Victor Oladipo at this point in his career. In I agree. Just, I agree. Yeah. I think he's a fantastic player, but I think having Oladipo being a, that secondary scorer for them, a guy that could play some great defense as well and 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 defend the wing is, I think they're they're really missing it right now. And you're seeing you haven't seen. I mean, Brogdon Sabonis, their numbers have been great, but I I feel like I haven't been seeing as uh, as good of performances from them lately. Is I mean, I think Brogdon's been a lot more con- inconsistent. 
Um, especially since I declared him like a top eight point guard uh, a few weeks ago when we did off air rank to point guard rankings with some other people. I think uh, he's been kind of mediocre since then, but uh, you know, the Raptors, I'll talk about yeah. them as well. Uh, I think that's another team and I didn't mention them before I should have in terms of being sellers. I don't think they're that, but I think they're trying to move Kyle Lowry. So I think this is a team that you could see falling down in the standings a little bit. And Lowry has been fantastic this year. I expect them to potentially move him at some point, but I mean, they're right there in the thick of things. So maybe that ends up not coming to fruition. The Miami heat, they're getting hot at the right time. I think people freaked out a little bit too much about them while they us did lose some. some yeah, we <laughs> definitely did for sure. Uh, we, we mentioned them recently as well on an episode, but I think, I mean, Jimmy Butler's playing out of his mind. Bam's been playing great. They've gotten Hero back. They've, they've now gotten Dragic back, who carried them through that Jazz game. Had I believe twenty seven or something like that in one of his first games back. So he's been instrumental for them. Kendrick they, Nunn's been good too. Yeah, he's also been solid. Um, they, they definitely have bounced back, in my opinion. I think the Heat are are right there in the thick of things. I don't know where to rank them in, in terms of these four teams. They're they're right there in the thick of things. And then. Haven't even mentioned them yet, but the last team you brought up, the Boston Celtics, I, I think it is time to panic in, in Boston. I mean, this is a team with two stars, and they just can't seem to figure it out. I know they won. I believe they won last night. Yeah, they did win last night against the Pacers, but Tatum had nine points, and he's been struggling with his shot the last few games. He's t- mentioned being, uh, you know, having some conditioning issues after the uh, the spout of COVID he had a, a month or two ago. So I think that has some of the issues with Kemba, who went off last night in his own right, um, has not been playing well. But if you see that Kemba where he's putting up 30 a game like he did last night against the Pacers, and he, looked, he was the best player on the floor on either side, this is they, they can turn it around really quickly. But I, I just don't see it with him anymore. I think he's going to give you these occasional big games, but I really just – I don't. he hasn't been good this year, and I don't really see anything changing with that and – I think they need to be a buyer at the deadline if they want to. Yeah. They want to compete this year. But I mean, even their their GM, their owner, have said that they, they aren't they aren't legit contenders this year. And and I kind of agree with that. I think that the agree, Celtics yeah. are are just a playoff team that's probably going to get taken out in the first round by by a Bucks, Nets, or Sixers team. I think that's what they're looking at right now. Yeah, uh, it's crazy how just a few months changes everything because the Celtics were Eastern Conference Finals in the Eastern Conference Finals in what September, and now in. in almost March, practically March now, um, we're hitting the panic button. But I, I 100% agree with all your takes there. Um, I'll, I'll start with the Raptors and Heat really fast. Um, I think both their teams are – I think the Raptors are going to be the sixth seed, if I had to guess. Heat, I think, are going to be the fourth seed. I'm really confident. I like the Heat. They had a bunch of COVID and injury issues and everything. I think finally now they're fully healthy. Like I said, we definitely overreacted. I think the Heat are going to be a four or five seed, no doubt about it. And the Raptors, I think, are going to be good enough to be number six. But I, I still not – completely sold on them um Celtics and Pacers though the Pacers I I mean I think we should have stuck with our guns from the beginning of the season from our uh, projections as we said yeah the Pacers aren't going to be that great they're going to be mediocre they're going to be a playing team and then we both were like they went three and one or whatever their their hot start we're like oh yeah the Pacers are a top five team in the NBA and uh, we should have just stuck with our 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 gut because I think there are I think they are going to be a playing team I don't really see unless you like you said unless Levert comes back I don't see a way because I'm looking at the teams right now. The Sixers are the one Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Raptors, Heat, Knicks. That's currently the top six. The Celtics are seven. The Pacers are eight. Even if the Knicks fall off, I still have more confidence in the Celtics to be that six seed um, over the Pacers. So I think the Pacers are going to definitely going to be a playing team, in my opinion. Of course, as you said, there's literally two games. Actually, there's like three and a half games separating four 
and 13 in the Eastern Conference. So literally anything could happen. You could have one hot week and you could be the, the four seed in the Eastern Conference. Who knows? Um, but right. as it stands right now, I, I'm, I'm really panicking if I'm a Pacers fan unless Levert comes back. Um, because I think they're going to be a play-in team. I don't think they're going to drop out of the play-in by any means, but I think they're 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 doomed to be a play-in team. I think. And then the Celtics, same thing. Every year it feels like, oh man, they're going to make a move. They're going to make a move. They're going to make a move. They never make a move. And they have all these draft picks. Um, I think this is the time you go out and you get a guy like a Nikola Vucevic, who I've been preaching that he needs to go to the Celtics. I think he'd be really great for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and give up maybe Kemba Walker, maybe give up Marcus Smart. Um, I, I think you, you need another guy in there, a big guy. Um, Andre Drummond, maybe, depending on the price. I don't. I, I think Vucevic would be the, the real answer there. Um, but if they have another trade deadline where they don't do anything or they make a bunch of very, very minor moves to improve their bench depth or whatever, um, I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be panic time for Celtics fans. Um and it's really disappointing though, because I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I know you mentioned Tatum hasn't had a hasn't had a great season, but he's still a really good player to watch. And it's yep. it's just really it's hard because it feels like this team every like it's like there's like swings, right? Like they're good and then they're bad, and they're good. I think they because eighteen they were good, nineteen they were bad, last year they were good, this year they're bad. So maybe next year Celtics fans, maybe you'll win a championship. <laughs> who knows? But um, yeah, I just hope. Again, there's still plenty of time, but as we stand here at near the halfway point, um, Celtics, it's it's. I think I don't think they're going to be a playing team. I have confidence in that, but going into the season, there's their expectations were championship, at least yeah. making the finals or bust. And as things stand right now, I don't think they're they'd be lucky to win a playoff series, in my opinion, unless they make a big move. But I just wanted to hear your takes because those on those teams because um all four of them I think are really interesting and I'll have really interesting storylines here as we, uh, yeah. as I said, uh, like we're nearing the all-star break here. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head with this one. I, I like talking about this, this Eastern conference, you know, four through 12 battle. I mean, it's just crazy. So basically just the whole Eastern conference is going to be really interesting to watch in the second yeah. half here. I mean, it's just, there's literally like, I mean, you look at the teams below them and that's, I, it's kind of leading me into my next point a little bit here. I mean, you have the the Bulls and the and the Hornets are right there. I'm not going to talk about them right there. They were they were both teams I considered to mention today, especially the Hornets because they've been playing some good yeah. basketball lately. The team I want to talk about, I mean, this is it's a it, I have one in the East, one in the West. It's two teams that are just I I see I see them totally falling out of the race right now, and I think I think Hello. it's coming really quick for them. This Here is the this is the East team. It's the Atlanta Hawks. I think they're yeah. they are quickly fading they're three and seven in their last 10 it's really been since the deandre hunter injury which is yeah. not something i thought i would be saying going into the year that they're that they're yeah. struggling because yeah. deandre hunter has been out but uh i mean you just look at this roster i mean they have been so underwhelming this year i mean trey young i i think i i'm still fry i brought it up early in the year i still think this dude's playing bad basketball out there i mean he's not been as efficient this year offensively he's only shooting Forty-three percent from the floor, thirty-seven from three, which really isn't that incredible for a guy that literally doesn't play a lick of defense and turns the ball over a crazy amount. I'm, dude, I I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just kind of out on them, man. I mean, they got, uh, I think they could be a seller potentially too at the deadline. I know I've yeah. really raised a lot of John Collins hype around Detroit potentially going after him, which is <laughs> my my source is myself for that. It's very <laughs> unlikely to happen. I would just love to see it, but. He's a guy I could see getting moved at the deadline. Yeah. I mean, they have Cam Reddish hasn't really taken the next step. Uh, 
Quartier has been all right, but there's free agent signings. Gallinari, I know I mentioned he he blew up the other day and was able to get them a win against the Celtics, but it's the Celtics. I mean, it's they're struggling as well right now too. Bogdanovich hasn't been that good. He's been uh, hurt too. He's been hurt. Capella's been kind of. I mean, he's been good, but he's also in foul trouble all the time as well. I don't know, man. I just this roster has talent, a lot of it, but they just, I don't know. I see them bottoming out. I mean, they're falling apart without DeAndre Hunter. He's going to be out indefinitely for a very long time. And he was averaging what 17 a game playing. He's their best wing defender, which it does make some sense that they would struggle after they, after he's gone. Cause he was playing some outstanding basketball. Yeah, part of the reason really that they were in right in the thick of things in, in the East until he went down with the injury. Uh, but they have been bad, bad since that. And, and it's not just it's not just a three and seven record. I've been watching some Hawks basketball lately, painfully watching some <laughs> Hawks basketball lately because it is not not anything to write home about. But the other team that I'm gonna bring up, and I'll let you talk about either one that you want to talk about. And I think this one's gonna hurt you a lot. It's the Sacramento Kings in the West, uh, a team that we were talking about as potentially yeah. being a playing team. But they are one and nine, and their recent win, their most recent win, was against the Detroit Pistons. But they have been absolutely terrible lately. I mean, and it's not all their fault. They, they went down, they had Rashawn Holmes go, went down with the injury for a little while. And, and you've seen Bagley try to defend the rim. It's a, it's an absolute joke. He's one of the worst big men defenders in the entire league. He's horrible down there, but they also have had Halliburton missed a couple of games as well throughout the stretch, but it is panic time in Sacramento. I mean, this is a team that just a couple, I feel like a couple of weeks ago, I was seeing right at the eight, nine you know, line yep. right there, right around the, I, I think we even mentioned them around. We we're like, Oh, yep. the Kings they're, they're playing well right now. They went on like an eight game winning streak, but it is just totally bad. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a problem, man. And I think they've just totally fallen out of the race. Similarly to the Rockets, another team that you could, you could have mentioned here, but it's, that's just totally the Christian Wood thing. I guess I'll just mention them right now. I wasn't going to, but yeah, the Rockets, yeah. another team, that we, we already touched up on that they could definitely be definite sellers. I think the Kings are in that category as well. Teams that have just totally fallen out of the race. I mean, I mean, you remember how bad the Pelicans and the Mavs are playing early in the season and now they've even jumped them by a few games and it's just, it isn't, it, there's nowhere to go, but down for these two teams. In my opinion, I think they have no chance of making the playoffs. I think those are two teams that are starting to fall out of the race. Uh, both the Kings, Rockets, and then the Hawks on the other yeah. side. But yeah, go ahead and touch up on any of those teams if you want to. Yeah, I won't talk about the Rockets because we, we talked about them at the top. Um, so I'll stay with the Kings and the Hawks. The Hawks are in a very similar position to the Rockets, I, I think. Um, they lost a key player, and they've just not been able to really play winning basketball since. Um, props to DeAndre Hunter, though, because he, he was <laughs> a guy who they I think they traded up to get him in the 2019 NBA draft, if I remember correctly. And last season, he didn't play super well. And people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. What an awful trade. And he made it. Weirdly enough, he played well, obviously. But also with his injury, it makes him look even more valuable. Because as you said, the Hawks have just not played well basketball. In terms of trades, though, outside of John Collins, I don't know who else they trade. Like, who's going to take on that Gallinari? Who's going to take on that Gallinari contract? Um, The Rondo contract isn't awful but it's i think it's three years so who would take that on for three years unless they like really like rondo's uh uh locker room personality and his leadership skills but i don't really know if you're i think he's paying making like seven or 12 million a year around there i don't know if you want to pay that much money for um a, 
a leader in the in the locker room. So um, outside of John Collins, I, it's going to be difficult for this team to, to make any major moves um, to really help them either this year or in the future. And even maybe Clint Capella too. He's been playing decent, like you said. Um, but yeah, I don't think this is going to be a. I, I, there's obviously it's very likely they sneak into the play-in. Maybe some teams fall off a little bit. But uh, right now, I mean, I have more confidence in the Wizards. I have more confidence in um, the Bulls, the Hornets, the Knicks, teams that are around that range, and the Hawks. Um, they're also just those teams are just more fun to watch too, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. Of course, it's not all about the entertainment factor, but the Hawks are just, like you said, they're a tough watch. Uh, even when they were playing well, they're, they're, they're always a tough watch, it feels like. And then um, the Kings, yeah, my Kings, uh, they won five in a row. And yes, it wasn't just our podcast, but several podcasts were like, oh yeah, the Kings are back, baby. Here we go. They're going to sneak into the playoffs. It's Luke Walton, the coach of the year candidate, Darren Fox, an all-star, what? And then they lose nine in a row. And it's like, oh, okay, these are still the, these are still the Sacramento Kings who haven't made the um, haven't made the playoffs since I think I was five years old, and Chris Webber was still on the team. So that's how long it's been for Kings fans. So that's I mean that's something nice for for us Pistons fans when we think we have it rough because I think we have the record for most consecutive playoff losses. At least we made the playoffs, right? I mean the Kings don't even make the playoffs, but uh, <laughs> it's tough to watch. Um, they're they're not the Western Conference that playing. We talk about the um, the Eastern Conference playing a lot, but it's still up for grabs um they're not out of the race by any means um so hopefully they they sneak in they, they get some games going but this is just the king it feels like it's been the kings like the last three years it feels like they go on these runs and everyone's like oh yes and then they just go on these other runs where they're awful like there's no like they just got to be consistent they got to be in between they don't need to go on these five game six game winning streaks they just have to win like three out of four or three out of five. And those will add up eventually and you'll be a playoff team, but they, they're so inconsistent. As you said, they do have, have they have had some injuries, um, but they're another team though, to watch. Maybe they trade, uh, Bialika. I always can never say his name. Nemanja. Maybe they trade him. Uh, Harrison Barnes, maybe, uh, Corey Joseph. I think he's still kicking around there. He's been decent. (laughs) Um, they could trade some guys. Um, Marvin Bagley, though, I think it's Bagley makes game. a lot of sense. If they're, if they're really, I mean, they, again, I don't want to just keep uh, beating a dead horse here, but they took him over both Luka Doncic and <laughs> Trey Young. So I know we diss Trey Young, but like, you'd be, Come on. I, I, they don't need, they don't need Trey Young because obviously they have De'Aaron Fox, but they could, maybe they could move Trey Young to the two. Maybe he's a shooter off ball. Who knows? They could have done some things there. Obviously, Luka Doncic is Luka Freaka Doncic. So, uh, yeah, not great because DeAndre Ayton went first overall in that in that draft. Still a he bad at least pick compared to those decent. two. He's been decent. Uh, he's not as good as Trey Young or, or Luka, obviously. Like, you can make an argument for against Trey Young. Not as good as Luka, obviously. Um, but uh, Marvin Bagley, there's zero argument. He's been hurt. when he ha- Outside of this year, though, when he actually plays, he's been pretty good. This I mean, I mean even offensively, he's been good this year. He's just he's he's yeah, a trash he defender. Yeah. yeah, he's an awful defender. But I mean, he's, he's a good really, offensive player. Yeah, if they really wanted to shake things up, though, they could probably get a semi decent return. Maybe they trade him for John Collins. Maybe maybe we just do this. Maybe we just do that. I would love John Collins on the Kings. I would. Yeah, he, he would be oh, a good fit. That'd be sweet. Um, yeah, but yeah, I it's just it's tough for the Kings, but. As I said before, they're only three games out of the play-in after they won last night, but before that, they lost nine in a row. So, um, still in the hunt. Who knows? De'Aaron Fox is a really good player, um, but it's disappointing. As a De'Aaron, I'm not like a Kings fan. I'm a De'Aaron Fox fan, though, and right. it's just tough. It's tough. To, like I said, this is since 
what I think it was the 18 19 seasons, the same thing has happened. Same thing happened last year and it's happened again this year is they go on these stretches where they look really, really good. And then they go on these stretches where they look like, like the worst team in the NBA. But yep. uh, yeah, you're- I think Hawks Kings, though, if you're listening to this podcast, make a deal together. Let's get John Collins in a Kings uniform. Let's get Bagley in a Hawks uniform. Let's make some magic happen. Yeah, why not? You know, at this point, it really doesn't matter. I don't think either one of these teams make it to playoffs. They can do whatever they want from now on. It really doesn't matter to me. But uh, I'll let you jump into your final point, and then I'll wrap it up with mine. Yeah, so sticking on brand here, we're going to go back out east. Um, and we were actually just talking – we were talking about trades. Uh, and there there was a, a, a kind of a, a semi-big trade rumor, and you briefly mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the Raptors, but it's Kyle Lowry. Uh, originally, this was just a rumor. It was, oh, maybe Lowry gets traded, maybe he doesn't. Um, but then Lowry came out a few days ago and said how he would be potentially interested in going with the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, yep. he's, I believe he's from Philadelphia. From he went he went to Villanova uh, for college. Um, so a potential reunion there. Um, I, I still go back to, I think it would be really tough um, for the Raptors to trade Kyle Lowry because I think when you look at – I don't think he's the most talented Raptor of all time. I think Vince Carter, Chris Bosh, even um, DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi, obviously, even though he was only there for a year. But when you think about Toronto Raptors basketball and their success, Kyle Lowry is Raptors. I think I think he could maybe even get a statue in front of their arena. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I think, think he means that much to them. Yeah, I think he's Mr. Raptor. He's Mr. Toronto. He's Toronto basketball, I would say. So I still think it'd be really tough for them to trade him. But if it's like mutual, if it's a, a nice agreement, if it, if it ends gracefully, I mean, we thought we said the same thing. Of course, this isn't a baseball podcast, but I remember I thinking the same thing when the Tigers traded Justin Verlander. Oh, they're never going to do that. He's Mr. Tiger. And then they did. But it was a, it was a peaceful breakup, I guess. Um, so hopefully that's the same thing that happens here, um, because yep. even though we talked up the Raptors before, I still like I said before, I still think that they're going to be a five, six seat at best maybe win a playoff series, but I don't think they have any real championship yeah. aspirations this season. The Sixers, though, they're a real team. And I think if they, depending on what the Sixers have to give up to get a guy like Lowry, which I don't think will have to be a ton um, because uh, because of the contract, he's got, he's got a lot of money on the book. So hopefully they just make some contracts work, maybe get a third team involved. I would really like that, the Sixers. Yeah. And I, I also believe, um, I might be mistaken here, but I believe... Daryl Morey, who used to be with the Rockets, is now with the Sixers. He got rid of Kyle Lowry when he was on the Rockets years ago. Um, and he, I believe he said it was one of the biggest regrets he ever made. So it'd be kind of nice in that regard if he brings him back to a, a new team with, that he's also on. So uh, yeah. I, re- I would really like that if that would happen. But I just wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, Lowry possibly going to the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for both teams. Obviously, the Raptors are are going to be competitive this season, but I think they're getting a lot from they're getting more than they expected from Fred Van Fleet right now. And now yeah. that he's been playing really well, I kind of regret the Pistons not signing him because he's been awesome so far this year. I if still, he, if, I'm, I'm still if he, I mean, he, for his contract, <laughs> I think he's been more than worth it for sure. So I think it yeah. would have been interesting to, if they could have gotten maybe him and Grant or him and Wood or something like that in here. I think it would have been really yeah maybe to if they see brought another guy in yet. right. It w- not just him, but you know, I, it would have been very interesting to see. I think it would have been a very similar it. situation with Jeremy Grant. If Probably. it was just Van Vliet, I think it would have been pretty similar. Where he's Probably. he's good, but the team kind of sucks around. Right. But they've also gotten a ton of production from Norman Powell, who's been incredible because yeah. Lowry's been out for a little while, and Powell's really found his way into the starting lineup. And he's honestly been one of their one of, if not their best player in the last month or two. He's been absolutely brilliant lately, and I think 
he's been a big re- he's a big reason why that they can move on from Lowry and feel all right about it. Cause I think Paolo and Van Fleet are a really good up and coming backcourt duo. I think they've been really solid this season. And I think it makes a lot of sense. But I think an interesting thought with this deal potentially is I think I think that they can make a three team deal potentially with with the Sixers getting Lowry and then the Cavs could could be that yep. third team coming in with an That's Andre Drummond thing. with a Larry Nance. Um, and then I think maybe the Sixers give up a, a maybe ship a Ma- a Tyrese Maxey off to the Cavs and then maybe like a Jake pick Milton, maybe Shake Milton yeah. or a pick or something to the Raptors. I think a lot of the or Thibel maybe even potentially, but I think yeah. that's a player they would probably like likely want to keep a, or hold on to in this deal. I think for all sides it would make a lot of sense. I mean, I yeah. think the Raptors can still be competitive without Lowry, but it makes sense for them. I mean, even though he's been fantastic, he's like you said, definitely Mr. Raptor. I mean, you can't be in a, a city for 10 years. I mean, he, I, he, I'd argue he was by definitely the reason they won an NBA final. I mean, he won, he was their best player in that series in the NBA finals when they, when they were, I mean, Kawhi was, Kawhi was also, well, yeah, you but could, I, I think in, argument, yeah, like in the finals, I think, I think Lowry was the reason they were, they were yeah. so dominant in the, in the actual NBA finals leading up to that. It's yeah. Yaku, I think too. Yaku, yeah. I know we're, we're all, Right. Off Siakam a little bit, but he was really good that series too. I mean, yeah, he's still a good player, and I think he's yeah. he's taken some steps back a little bit this year, but he's also still had he's had some good stretches and some good moments this year as well. I still think this roster can can, can be competitive. They can pop a team in the first round of the playoffs potentially. I think I think they're gonna be a tough out for sure. But I don't think this is their year to win a title. I think they need to, you know, I think it's, it makes sense financially to move on from Lowry, uh the contract, the situation they're in with with young up and coming talent. It makes a lot of sense, and then and then it clears cap room for a potential move they make down the line as well, and and they may need to re-sign some of these guys. They may be able to go out and sign maybe not a super max player, but but a, another good piece for next year. Uh, I'm interested to see what they end up doing if they trade Lowry, if they if they go another to a total rebuild situation where they try to sell off other pieces, or they are just trading him away to you know to clear cap and, and just realize that it's time to to take the next leap in their franchise. But the Raptors are a good organization; they've been good for a while. I expect whatever the move, I trust whatever move they end up making to be to be the right one. I, I think it makes sense for both Lowry to go home to Philly. And for them to move on from him, but uh, if you if you don't have anything else to add, I'll jump into my final point here. I just had one thing real quick. Um, you Go mentioned ahead. Norman Powell, who has been really good. Um, unfortunately, there's been some rumors that he might be the guy involved in a potential Andre Drummond deal. Now, maybe they don't have to give him up if they give Lowry up. Um, but I just wanted to add that because uh, he has been really good. But it would be a it'd be an awesome move for the Cavs if they got Norman Powell. I would like that a lot. Um, but for your Raptors take, I. It'd be tough if they lost both Lowry and Powell. I would think just for Andre Drummond, I wouldn't love that deal. But there are some rumors around that, that that's uh, that's happening. But I just want to mention that real quick. I'll let you get into your final point. Yeah. All right. So my final point. Ah, oh, this is this is the one I've been most excited for on the day. I'm making a bold proclamation. It's it's a team that I intentionally did not mention, and yet again, I'm going out to the West. I'm not talking about the team, but I did not mention this team when I was talking about either anybody competi- competing or a team really rebuilding. I know you mentioned them, but I did not want to talk about them. So it's the Oklahoma City Thunder is the team I'm talking about. And there's a particular player I want to mention on this team, and it's the particular player that you are also thinking of. It's Shea Gilgis Alexander. I am proclaiming today. I thought you were talking about Al Horford trades. I don't care. I don't care about Al Horford. (laughs) Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, I am proclaiming today that this dude is a legitimate, 
not a star. I'm proclaiming that this dude is a superstar in this league, in the NBA. I think Shea Gilders Alexander has taken the next step to superstardom. I think he's a not not in the future. He's going to be a superstar. I think he is a superstar now. This dude, I I absolutely love him. I I I can't get over watching him play basketball. I think he's and I I proclaimed some some similarities to his game, not in terms of their their skill set, but in terms of the way they make it look so easy on the court to Luka Doncic. I think he plays similar style-wise in terms of, you know, he's, he's got that slow pace. He always seems like he's under control. He's never – he's always making the right play out there. But the dude's averaging 24 games, shooting over 50% from, from the floor and over 40% from the three-point line. He's an offensive juggernaut with the ball in his hands, and I think people don't give him enough credit for that, the leaps he's taken as a scorer this year. And he's on a team that's a lot worse before he had, you know, Chris Ball. Maybe that has a little bit to do with his scoring out, but, but he's also been super efficient from the floor, both from – I mean, he's always been a good three-point shooter, but he's he's an elite three-point shooter this season. He's shooting over forty percent in that regard, fifty uh, percent from the floor. Like I said, juggernaut offensively. He's also averaging both five assists and five rebounds a game. And this is a dude that's been his playmaking's gone up, his defense has gone up. I think he's just he's taking the next step, and I think this is a bona fide top twenty player in the NBA as of right now. And I think you can declare him an official superstar in this league. I am willing to make the proclamation now. I know he's on a bad team. And, but they're they've I think they've well exceeded the expectations that they were they were put in this year. He's on a roster without a lot of talent, and maybe that's some of the case with the you know the, someone needs to score. You can say what you want about that, but he's doing it extremely efficiently. He's making plays for other people. He's playing better defensively. He's got the size of a guy that can defend one through three as well, which is another thing I really like. So if he continues to improve defensively. I think the sky's the limit for Shea Gilgis Alexander. And I mentioned it the other day. I think he's got the makings of a future top five player in this league. I really do. I think he's so young. He's so, he's he's shown incredible. I think he's in the discussion for most improved player of the year. I know he's not going to win it because he was really good last year too. But I think he's, he's taken that big of a stride to where he can at least be in that conversation just with how – how I think they've exceeded expectations a lot, and I think he's been. I mean, Lou Dort's been obviously solid. I think uh, Horford. I know I said I don't care about him, but he's been he's been solid this year as well. But it's really it comes down to Shea Gilgis Shea Gilgis Alexander being better than most of his competition, and that's just. I know I went on a rant there. It's it's probably a hot take. I want to hear your opinion, Drew. So before I say what I actually want to say, um, I love Shea. I mean, we talked about it before. He's on my dynasty fantasy basketball team. Um, sorry, Chris, but I'm probably never going to actually trade him unless it's just an absolute insane deal. Um, I, I love watching him play. We actually went to a Thunder game last year, um, and he oh, was a really fun player to watch great. in person and on TV. Um, he's just so smooth, like you said. And I think – Top five seems a bit aggressive, but I think for sure he can be a top 10. I mean, he's still so young. I think he's like, what, 22, I think? Yeah, yeah. He's 22. Still super young. Um, not even close to his prime years yet. No. Um, so he could he could, re- he could definitely – I'm talking to myself into it now. He could be a top five player in the league. Who knows? Um, however, the problem I have with your take is that he's a superstar right now. That's the problem I have because, yes, the eye test, he's super smooth. He's awesome. He's fun to watch. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you some uh, stats of a different player. Okay. So you mentioned Shea's stats, right? 23 points, five rebounds, six assists, which is really nice. He's got good percentages. Tell me the points of a different player. So he's averaging 23 and a half points. So pretty much the same as, as Shea. 
5.3 rebounds, pretty much the same as Shea. Three assists, which is a little bit lower, but he's also got a block a game, which is nice. Percentages are also pretty good. And that player's name is Mr. Jeremy Grant. So if we're saying SGA, statistically speaking, is a superstar, amazing player right now, are we saying Jeremy Grant's a superstar level player right now? I'm not, I'm not saying that. I think, yes, the Thunder have been better than the Pistons, um, but they've only been five games better. The Thunder still are not a great basketball team. And Jeremy Grant's played well. They're in very similar situations. If anything, I would say Shea has more help than Jeremy. Um, so, of course, that could be a case against Grant, too. But um, for that reason, because that was just the first guy that popped in my head, I know there's probably some other players that have very comparable stats to Shea right now. Is That's why I would push back a little bit on him being a superstar right now as we talk today on, what, February 27th, 2021. However, by 2022, by 2023, I think he for sure could be a superstar. But right now, as it stands... I don't know. Unless we're saying Jeremy Grant's a superstar too, then maybe. I mean, I mean, I get what you're saying with Jeremy Grant, but but I mean, Shea as a playmaker has taken massive leaps, and efficiency wise, I mean, he's shooting seven eight percent yeah. better from the field, and another six seven percent better from three. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't, I think he's a considerably better player than Jeremy Grant, in my opinion. I know his numbers. I mean, you can say that they're pretty similar, but I mean. I don't know, man. I just I watch this dude play and I see superstar now. I'm not talking about the future. I just think he makes uh, incredible plays for. I think he could average more assists per game if he had better teammates as well, too. I think some. Of, I mean, Basley shooting 27 from the three point line. Well, he's a promising young player. There's a lot of times where I see Shea kick it out to an open Basley and he just throws up an absolute brick from three. Whereas other better teams or whatever with their best player have like a Luka Doncic has a guy knocked down a three from the corner or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. Shea would be averaging a triple double or anything if he had better teammates, but the dude, the dude could definitely, he's, he's shown major improvements with his playmaking. He's not a guy that turns the ball over an insane amount either. I mean, he's under three a game. I think that's pretty solid for him as a young player. He'll, he'll obviously improve on that a little bit more, but I think where he is right now at this point in his career, and I, I could see his scoring continue to go up as well. I think he's, he started off a little bit slower, you know, it, which makes which makes some sense because he's he's inheriting a team that was led by Chris Paul. You look at some of his early numbers. I mean, he had a lot a lot of games where he was under twenty points to start the year, but he's really really hit his stride lately. And I think I think if you just, with his efficiency on the floor, the the way he moves, I think he's improved. Like I said, I think he's an improved defender. He's not fantastic defensively, but he's a, he's a guy that he he's got versatility on defense. He, he's six six, a guy that's still. Like you said, insanely young needs to, uh, you know, grow as a player in in that regard. But I think he's definitely shown improvements on the defensive side of the ball, which is is big for his development. I just, man, I am I'm obsessed with Shea. I know you. I've t- I talk about him all. In my, yeah. I talk about him a lot, per, both in my own brain and other people, <laughs> because I think he's just he's a fun guy to talk about what his uh, development is going. But I mean, you see these massive ink like increases in skill level for him and i think people just don't talk about it enough that he's he's yeah. gotten he's gone from a player that was like a 10 4 and 3 guy as a rookie and showed some flashes to a guy that's averaging 20 24 6 and 5 in his what his third what is it fourth year in third the year. league third year third year, third third year. year yeah. not even his fourth year third year in the league i think that's incredible and i think he's a top 20 player in my opinion i I can make an argument for top 15 with the way he's playing this season. That might be a little bit spicy, but I mean, I think that, I think he's a low end superstar. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, again, I agree with most of what you said. I think the, 
if he keeps on this trajectory, I think he could be a superstar guy by next season. I just think as it stands right now, I just don't know if he's a, he's a superstar. He's definitely a star. He's definitely one of the best players, if not the best player. And nah, it's a bit of a stretch. He's one of the best players for sure. Under 25 years, years old. I think if you start calling guys like, like Zion superstars right now, um, Brandon Ingram, a superstar right now, I think definitely you could put Shea as a superstar, but I, I like to think that, like being a superstar, it, it like you have to earn it a little bit more. Um, and I feel like like even last year, people were like, "Oh, Trey Young's a superstar." I, I think we throw we throw around that term a little loosely. Um, so that's why I'm a little a little hesitant to call him a superstar right now. But the potential is definitely there, and I think he could be a MVP level type of guy here within a year or two. Um, hopefully, the Thunder. I mean, they got so many freaking picks. Hopefully, hopefully, honestly, hopefully they keep losing this year, so those picks become a little bit better. They get him some help in the drafts this year's ne- this coming up draft, and then also next year's draft as well. Um, and they could be a really good team. They get Al Horford, they get George Hill's contracts off the books pretty soon. Maybe they bring in some more talent. I mean, this is a team that could. I know they suck right now, but they, they're not not even that bad. Um, but they get some more guys and that help that help Shea. Um, and then I think that could also help him blossom. You get some more TV time, all that stuff. Um, yeah, and I and you think about it, um, what, they got Shea Shea in what trade was that the Paul George trade? I think it was. That's how they got Shea. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, at this point right now, would I rather have Shea or would I rather have Paul George? Paul George for really their good. for their case, definitely yeah, SGA, sure, yeah. But as a player, yeah. Paul George is still yeah. better. It's not yeah. super far off for their trajectory. For their for their yeah for the team's trajectories, Shea definitely makes more sense for the Thunder. But the fact that they, I mean, a lot of times, like for example, with the Blake Griffin trade, right? Or we're not even going to trade them. A lot of times, you get these stars, and they just they you lose them for nothing, or you get like nothing in return. Um, the fact that they traded Paul George and they got another superstar or potential superstar in Shea um, is a really really good trade on the Thunder's part, but. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm glad you brought him up because he's a really fun player to talk about. Um, he got some buzz recently because he he was one of the like the all star snubs, quote unquote. But hopefully he hopefully he's an all star next year. I think it's a very real, very very real possibility. But even that, honestly, even that, if like super, if he's a really true superstar, he's making the all star team, in my opinion. But that's just me. Right now, I have I have nothing to add for you. I think he's he's right there. Uh, just missed out on the All Star team this year. I, I think he's, but I think is uh, like you said. I think is he's going to continue to develop. And like I said, I think he could be absolutely be a top five player in this league. Just, I mean, he's going to continue to get better. Yeah. Clearly, he's proven that he's going to keep getting better. There's no question about it. Uh, he's he's got that for sure. I mean, you see leaps in every area of his game. And I just I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a team and a player that we've never really talked about on the podcast because he's not he's yeah. not an all he's not an All Star. No one really thinks of him like that, I guess. But I think they should be. I think he's definitely potentially a guy that maybe didn't get enough love, but he also missed he missed some games as well, so I could have something to do with it. But you know, just a guy that I really, really enjoy watching and a, a team yeah. that I'm interested to see what they do in the future to build around him. Yeah, for sure. Um do you have anything else you want to add on anything before we wrap this no. thing up? No, I'm all well right. set. I, I, I enjoyed this week of the podcast for sure. Obviously, always fun talking basketball with you, Drew. For sure. Um, I think we talked about some, like you said, the Thunder. The We talked about some teams that we talk about a lot, but also like the Wizards. We were actually praising them this week, um, <laughs> which is new for the podcast. So, um, But yeah, this will be it for this episode. Um, once again, we are the Zone Defense Podcast. Um, Chris and I will 
continue being doing these um, every week. Uh, next week, I believe we're going to do a, a mid-season awards, mid-season spectacular, quote unquote, um, as we is uh, during for the All Star break. Uh, so definitely check out that episode, uh, and we'll be keep doing follow up episodes um, every week. Um, in addition, our NFL offseason content will keep coming out. Uh, we have an NFL skills draft that just recently was uploaded, so check that one out. Of also a bunch of NFL draft coverage, free agency and trade news, as well as team previews for the 2021 season. So definitely check those out uh, once they're released. Um, also subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Zone Defense Pod, and search us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to smash that like button and drop a comment down below. Let us know. We didn't really talk about today, but let us know who you think got snubbed from the All Star Game. Um, also, what are your what are your takes on any of the topics we talked about? SGA, the Celtics, the Pacers, the Wizards. Uh, the Suns, uh, we, we love to read those comments uh, and we try to respond to them as quickly as we can. But uh, that'll be it for this episode. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.